my name is Jason, and you're listening to the Embrace Church Podcast. God is doing some incredible things at each one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota. To learn more about Embrace and maybe plan your visit, head on over to imembrace.com. We hope today's message brings you hope, inspires you, and encourages you in your walk with God. Let's dive in to today's message. Well, hey, everyone. Glad that you are here. If we've not met before, my name is Travis. I'm our campus pastor for our Sertoma campus. And whether you're in person, uh, joining online, or at one of our campuses and network churches, we're pumped to have you here. We're in a pretty cool series right now called The One. Uh, and the point of this series is that we can do one simple thing, and if we did it, it could change everything. So as we get started today, uh, I have an offer for you. And it's actually for me too, so it's for all of us. And this offer is, if we do this one thing that we're going to talk about today, uh, we will receive a whole list of things in return. So here's the list. If we do this one thing that we're going to talk about today, we will be refreshed. And I just love that word refresh because I love clean slates and new beginnings and fresh starts. And with this word, if we do this one thing, we will be all of those things. And I think that is really good news. The second thing we will get in return if we do this one thing is we will have no regrets which I think is really good because regrets are kind of the worst. I had a friend tell me recently that he was applying for a job and he really wanted this job. Uh, but when he put in his application, he actually put the wrong job title and company name at the top of his cover letter. That is a pretty cringy regret. Um, and many of us have felt that, that sinking feeling inside of us when we know that we made a mistake. But again, thankfully with this offer, if we do this one thing, we will have no regrets. Also, good news if you're wondering, my friend, he still got the job. What a stud. Um, next thing, uh, if we do this one thing, we will be completely forgiven. We'll be completely forgiven. Uh, another friend, uh, actually just this week, she reached out to me and she said she wanted to meet up uh, because I had done something to hurt her which was like a really awful text to get. And if you've ever had a similar situation happen to you, you know in that moment, all you want is to be completely forgiven because we don't want to hurt people that we care about. We want to be reconciled to them. So being completely forgiven is really good news for us. And lastly, with this offer, if we do this one thing, we will bring joy. And in a world, in my opinion, at least, that doesn't have nearly enough joy. I know that I would be very excited to be able to bring joy. And I think that you might be as well. So this is a good list, or at least I think that it is a very exciting, attractive list to be a part of, to be refreshed, to have no regrets, to be completely forgiven, and to bring joy. So what is it? What is the one thing that we can do to get all of these things? Uh, well, we can repent. We can repent and you know, I try to get us really excited uh, with this offer, all these great things that can come from it, because repent, unfortunately, has become kind of a crummy word. Many of us don't like this word, repent. We don't like what it implies. We don't like what it makes us feel. Some of us, we even think about certain people that like hang out on street corners holding up these horrible signs, or we think about billboards that say these horrible things like repent or burn, and that's really a bummer. Because that's actually, all these feelings that we have are not what God says about this word, repent. Billboards and people on street corners have hijacked this word and robbed what God's original intent was for this word and have replaced it with feelings of judgment and fear and hate and guilt. 
And so that's why I started with the offer, because the offer that I have for us is from God and it has nothing to do with judgment and shame and fear and guilt. And yet it has everything to do with repenting. And that probably shouldn't surprise us that God's offer, God's thoughts, God's ways don't often line up with billboards and angry people on street corners. So uh, my challenge for us today, for every single one of us, is that we would allow God to kind of reconfigure our minds when it comes to this word repent, and that we would all be able to look at with fresh eyes what God's offer is, what God's heart is for repenting. So as we do this, um, I want to read God's actual offer. These are God's actual words as it relates to repenting. He says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So again, that's that's that promise of refreshment, that refreshing that comes from the Lord. Like that sounds really, really good. And also, again, our sins will be wiped out, will be completely forgiven. Um, And then that next one here, uh, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. That's the next part of the offer, right? This offer of leaving no regret. And we all know what regrets feel like. They don't feel good. And if we could be left with no regret, that would be really good news. And then finally, uh, it says this, God says this to us, I tell you that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need to. So again, we will bring joy. We will have joy in us, but we also bring joy to heaven, which I think is a really, really cool thing to do. So again, if we do this one thing, we'll get all of these wonderful things. And this doesn't sound like the billboard that says repent or burn. And this doesn't sound like judgment or fear or shame or guilt. Instead, this sounds like an offer worth considering. So again, my challenge is don't let what we've seen and heard about this word repent rob us of what God actually has for us today. So uh, as we continue in this thought process, I want to share a story with us uh, about what God's version of repenting looks like. And it comes from uh, one of Jesus' best friends, a guy named John. Uh, and it, it comes from the book of John chapter 21. So if you have your Bible with you, you want to follow along, we're going to be hopping around in John chapter 21. But before we get into the story, uh, there's some important backstory uh, to this that I want to share with you. So right before this happened, uh, Jesus, he was arrested. And after Jesus was arrested, one of his other good friends, a guy named Peter, actually denies even knowing Jesus. Maybe you know this story before. Uh, Jesus gets arrested. Peter uh, goes around on three separate occasions, not just one occasion, denies knowing Jesus, who is his leader, his friend, uh, the person that he looks up to, the, the one that he loves and who loves him. Not just once, but three times, Peter says, I don't even know this guy which is not a very cool move uh, by Peter. But then we fast forward in the story and Jesus is eventually killed. So he's not just arrested, but he's also killed on a cross. But then God raises him back to life. And that is where we pick up in the story. So afterward, after all of this has taken place, Jesus is back to life. Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So they went out to fish because it was their job to fish, but they didn't catch any fish, unfortunately. We've probably all been there. Um, Then early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat so that you will find some. 
When they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. So again, they can't catch any fish. And then Jesus gets involved. He performs this miracle. Uh, and then they catch a bunch of fish. So again, that's really good news. Uh, then it goes on to say, then the disciple whom Jesus loved, who is John, by the way, the author of this text, uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say this, don't miss this. This is crazy. As soon as he heard John say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish behind them, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. So Peter's pumped. He sees Jesus. He wants to go see him. So he takes off his, his garment, right? And he jumps into the water. I imagine that it looks something like this. It's Peter's forest, right? And Lieutenant Dan is Jesus, of course. Look at this. He sees him. And he's committed at this point. He is, he is in. He is going to see Jesus. This is the perfect picture. This is exactly what this looks like. And so what's, what's wild too, I kind of love this. So the author, John, right? He finishes by saying, we're not far from shore, about a hundred yards. Essentially what he's saying is like, guys, just so you know, readers of this hundreds and thousands of years later, Peter's nuts. Okay, like we were literally almost there. Like we were a hundred yards from shore. He could have just waited, but he was so pumped to see Jesus that he jumped in and just started swimming. He pulled a forest gump. So, uh, but what, what is Peter doing here? What is he doing? Well, Peter is doing what we're talking about today. Peter is repenting. Peter is repenting. So God, he talks quite a bit about repenting in scripture. And when he talks about it, one word that he often uses, the Hebrew word, uh, it's pronounced shuv. It kind of looks like shub, but what that word means, shuv, it's a word for repent. It just means to turn around. It just means to turn around. You were going one way before, and now you're going to shuv. You're going to turn around and you're going to go in a different direction. And again, that's not often what our culture will tell us that repenting means. Again, it's because it's been twisted and inflamed and all these different things. But when we listen to God, what his version of repentance is, is it just means to shove. It just means to turn around. You're going one way before, and now you are going a new way. And this is literally what Peter is doing in this story. He is turning around. He was going one way before, and then he literally goes a different way, right, when he jumps into the water. But also what he's doing is he is turning away from what he did originally. Now, remember what we said. He denied knowing Jesus after Jesus got arrested. And not just once, but three times he denied knowing Jesus because he didn't want everyone to know that he had a relationship with Jesus. But now he's going a completely new way. Now he is making a spectacle of his relationship with Jesus. He's like, that man on the shore, I know that man. And I love that man. And I don't care who else knows about it. I am going a new way. I am turning. I don't care who knows about it. I love Jesus and he is with me and I I am with him. And this may seem a little bit silly to us, right? Especially him jumping uh, in the water might seem a little bit over the top to us, but the implications of what Peter did are actually pretty serious. And the step that Peter took, practically speaking for us, it might be kind of hard. Um, at least it is for me. So something that you should know about me, uh, that my wife and people closest to me probably know way too well, is that I don't really like being wrong that much. Um, in fact, I kind of hate being wrong. And to give you an example of this, I'll be driving with my wife in the car and I'll miss a turn. And she'll be like, hey, you, you know, you missed that turn. And 
I don't turn around. Instead, I just keep driving and I say something like, oh no, you know, I didn't want to take that way. You know, I, I think I hit a pothole there yesterday, so I don't really want to go that way anymore. There might be some construction down there. So we both know that I'm lying in that moment, but we also both know that I'm not turning around because if I turn around, I have to admit that I'm wrong and I don't like being wrong. So I'll keep going the same direction, even though I know that I am going the wrong way because I don't like turning around. And admittedly, that's kind of embarrassing, uh, right? And a little bit sad. But turning around, guys, shooving, admitting that we are wrong is hard. And maybe you're not like me and that you're willing to take directions in the car from your significant other. But I can promise that you are like me and that you don't like what it means to turn around. You don't like admitting that you're wrong. You don't like admitting that you are going the wrong direction in your life. And you for sure, if you're anything like me at least, don't like what it means to turn your life around and put in the work of what it means to change directions in your life. But we may not like it. But as we'll find out in the story as it continues, it will be worth it for us to do it. So when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it. And some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. Come and have breakfast. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, right, talking to Peter, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to them, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Then he said to him, follow me. And this right here, this story is what it looks like to repent. This is what God's version of repenting looks like. It looks like restoration. And make no mistake, turning, shoving, turning back to God, repenting is hard. It even says in the story that Peter was hurt, right? But it is worth it. Because when Peter turned back to Jesus, he was met with love, right? Jesus, he made breakfast for Peter, right? He cooked him fish on the beach. Like, this is a really cool moment. We don't see people in our culture doing these things. The ones on the, on the sidewalk holding up these signs, repent or burn, they're not making breakfast for people who they tell to return. This is a stark contrast to what we see in our culture. And it's so important about what happened, this, this, this interaction. Peter, do you love me? You know, you know that I love you. Peter, do you love me? You know that I love you. Peter, do you love me? You, you know that I love you. This is so important, right? Because if we remember, how many times did, did Peter deny knowing Jesus? Three times. And Jesus, he intentionally asked Peter three times if he loved him because he is restoring Peter. He's making a way for him to become in right relationship again with Jesus. Guys, if, if, if you're in Peter's shoes, you've got to just be racked with regret at this moment. Again, your leader, your teacher, your friend, you deny even knowing the guy. Those, those, those regrets had to just be swirling around in Peter's mind. And then he gets this opportunity. He sees Jesus again. And Jesus is going to set him up perfectly to be completely restored. When he says, I know about every one of your regrets. At least the three of them, right? The three times that you denied me. I know at least about those. And I don't want you to have any. 
So I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell me you loved me just as many times as you denied knowing me. The same thing is true for us, guys. We have regrets. And for many of us, those regrets, they just swirl around in our minds. We replay them over and over and over again. And we say things like, how could I have ever done this? How could I do this? I'm not a good person. How could I have hurt her that way? How could I have done that to him? And yet Jesus' heart for us when we turn back to him is that we would be left with no regrets. We would be left with none because we see this in Peter. He is completely restored. He is refreshed. He is completely forgiven by Jesus. And it doesn't say it specifically in this story, but he is for sure left with joy. So this is it. This is what godly repenting looks like. This is his version of it. So what now? What is our next step? Well, Jesus says to us in Mark 1.15, he says, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So our next step, yours and my next step, is we have a question to answer. And that question is, has it? Has it? Has the time come? Jesus says, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So for us, for you and me, has the time come to turn? Has the time come to admit that there are areas of our life that are not going in the right direction and we need to turn back toward God? Or maybe another way to ask this, has the time come for you to be refreshed? Does your life feel stagnant? Do you feel like you're running down the same road you've been running down for too long? Has the time come for you to leave your regrets in your rearview mirror instead of letting them sit on the seat next to you, staring at you day in and day out? Are you sick and tired of the same problems coming up over and over again? The same battle that you just can't win. Jesus says the time has come. The time has come. Repent and believe the good news. I've got better for you than what you are doing right now. Now, some of you know this, um, but I uh, started following Jesus a little bit later in my life. I was around 22 uh, years old when I started following Jesus. And the reason, my why for deciding to follow Jesus was actually what we're talking about today. My why is that I started to learn that a life following Jesus was actually better than a life following myself. And as I continued to follow him and get to know him more and more, I started to learn that not only did I have one person for me now in my life, me, I now had two people for me. Do you guys know this? Like God is for you. He is with you. He wants what's best for you. Okay, this repenting, this turning back to God, this is not a sacrifice. This is a winning lottery ticket. God is for you. He wants what's best for you in your life. He's not wanting you to just like not do all these fun things that you used to like to do and put on some sort of a nun's outfit or something like that. No, he wants you to go to sleep every night without so many regrets swirling around in your mind that they spill out on the pillow right next to you. He is for you. And what I realized 12 years ago is that the life that I had going my own way, it wasn't freedom. It was the opposite. And I know it's crazy to think that following someone else is actually better than following yourself, but it is when that other person knows the way. I'll say that one more time. A life following someone else is better than a life when you're leading yourself when that other person knows the way. Because we get lost sometimes, don't we? 
We make mistakes. We take wrong turns. And if we don't eventually turn around and follow someone who knows the way, well, we end up in a place that we never wanted to go to. We end up with secrets that we never thought that we would have. We end up doing things that we never thought that we would do. We, never, we end up thinking and feeling things that we never thought that we would feel or think. And 12 years ago, I was there and I decided to turn around. And when I did that, I learned that turning away from my own desires, my own ways, and my own sins was better. Because following someone who knows the way is better than following yourself when you don't. I just want to be clear that this is a process and this is a journey that all of us are on right now. No matter how long you've been following Jesus, this is a part of the journey. Charles Spurgeon puts it this way so beautifully. He says, repenting or repentance grows as faith grows. He says, do not make any mistake about it. Repentance is not a thing of days and weeks, a temporary penance to be got over as fast as possible. No, it is the grace of a lifetime. Like faith itself, God's little children repent, and so do the young men and the fathers. Repentance is the inseparable companion of faith. Spurgeon says that we repent in the small ways and repent in the big ways. We repent at the beginning of our faith journey and in the middle and the end. We repent when we're young and when we're old. Okay, we, this, is a, this is a part of our faith. This is a partner of our faith. This is a companion of our faith. This is the way of faith. So maybe if you're thinking like, hey, I've been following Jesus my whole life. I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot. That's great, but you are still not exempt from this process of turning toward God because we know we get off track. Even if it's in the smallest ways, a part of our faith, how we walk this thing out, how our journey of faith looks is this constant turning back toward God. Because if we don't, even if we're just off just a little bit, we can end up in a place that we never thought that we would go. So we turn, we turn back toward God. And again, our offer, this is good news for us. When we turn, we are refreshed. When we turn, we are left with no regrets. When we turn, we are completely forgiven. And when we turn, we are left with joy. That is the promise. That is the offer that God has for us when we repent. So I want to close today uh, by briefly going back to our story uh, between Peter and Jesus, because for all of us today, Jesus has the same offer for us that he had for Peter. And that offer is to turn toward him. That offer is to follow him. And he asked that, he gave him that offer in the form of a question. That question is, do you love me? Do you love me? And as Peter answered that question, do you love me? He turned every part of his life toward Jesus. And each time he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. A small part of him turned even a little bit more and a small part of him was restored even more. So I want to give you that same offer today by asking that same question that Jesus asked. And that question is, do you love me? Just to be clear, I'm not asking if you love me. If you do, that's important. You can email me, but I'm asking... If you love Jesus. Again, the same question that Jesus asked Peter. So we have this opportunity right now. Don't miss it. We have this opportunity to put ourselves in the shoes of Peter. So if you would, right now, at all of our campuses, in person here, at our network churches and online, if you'd be willing to just close your eyes right now. Just close your eyes and picture that you are sitting in front of Jesus. 
You're sitting around a fire. Jesus just made you breakfast. You can smell the fish. You can smell the warmth of the fire. You're sitting with Jesus right now. If your eyes aren't closed, close your eyes and take this opportunity to be with Jesus. Jesus has a question for you today. As the fire is crackling in front of you right now, Jesus is asking you this question. He says, do you love me? In your heart, in your mind, respond to Jesus right now. Jesus asks, do you love me? Will you turn from the things in your life that are hurting you, that are hurting others, and that are creating a wedge between you and me? Jesus asks you right now in this moment, do you love me? Will you follow me in every area of your life, even with your family, even with your job, even with your money, even with the things that you've kept secret? Jesus asks you right now, do you love me? Will you accept the offer that I have for you? My offer to refresh the things that need refreshing in your life. To release the regrets that you are carrying. Will you allow me to forgive the things that need forgiving? Will you allow me to bring joy to the areas of your life that need joy? Respond to Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, in our hearts right now, we respond to you. In our minds right now, would you highlight the areas of our life that we need to turn toward you? God, and would you meet us with love Would you keep your promise? Would you keep the offer that you have for us that when we turn to you in all these different areas that we've hung on to, God, when we turn to you, would you meet us with refreshing? Would you meet us by taking away all of our regrets? Would you meet us by allowing us to feel completely forgiven? And would you leave us with joy as we turn to you, God? We believe that you will do it. We believe that you are faithful. We know that you are good because you told us and you saw, and we, we got to see you do it. So help us like Peter to turn to you. And God, would you restore every single one of us completely? We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at I am Thanks again for listening and have a great week.